Welcome back to another episode of Gear and Review. I am Reed Smith, joined as always by Bobby Ratu. Howdy, what's going on? And we got Mark Berry again. He's hanging out with us. Hello. Good. Well, you're going to be, Mark, you're going to be the pro gear guy by the time this is all over with. So. <laughs> So we're back, and again, for those that uh, maybe you're listening for the first time in a few weeks or the first time ever, we appreciate that. Uh, Touchpoint.health is the website. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast. We uh, can't thank you enough for uh, the love and the feedback that you've given us up to this point. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, we started a series. This will be the third in that series uh, around true uh, professional gear, so not not iPhone stands and apps and, and all that kind of fun stuff, but but real stuff. So we spent a couple of weeks talking about stabilization. This week, we're getting into the nitty gritty of actually taking pictures and, I guess, recording a little video. And uh, we're talking specifically about the Canon 5D Mark III versus the Mark IV. I'm pretty sure my grandmother had that town car. You know what it was? <laughs> the Lincoln, Mark- man. It was Lincoln. the Lincoln Mark III. Was it the Lincoln yeah, Mark III or Mark is. IV? Oh, yeah. I don't know. I'm going to have to look it up because I don't have much to contribute to this conversation. So I'll be looking up what the town car was called. <laughs> but, um, but no, Bobby, this is kind of your wheelhouse, obviously, from a photography standpoint. And, and when people are thinking about digital SLR and, and pro you know, photography equipment, there, there's not much, if anything, above um, you know, this, this tier. Is that fair to say? Well, there is, but this is probably the middle for the professional side. This is the really a secondary entry point. I would say you find a lot of professionals that will buy um, from for a DSLR. They'll buy like the um, the Rebel. It's a it's a great camera. It's a good entry point. Um, The secondary level, the next price point up is, you know, you're probably looking at the. the 70 and 80 D's that are really the secondary. And then the okay. third level is these Mark three, Mark four. And then you really get in the hardcore professional uh, side where they're really robust and they're doing a lot of cool stuff. So um, the, I really love, uh, you know, just to kind of jump in real quick. Um, we both, we use the five D Mark three, the Canon series and Mark four, um, for a number of reasons. One is we are a Canon shop. We use all their EF lenses, their professional grade lenses. Um, and we use them for both photography and videography. Um, I'm more of a, a trained photographer first, video person sec- second. I was a photojournalist. And so everything I we buy is for portability and functionality and efficiency and effectiveness. And so the two cameras, the 5D Mark III came out first about three years, four years ago. And then the Mark IV came out. And the number one big difference uh, that you will read is that the Mark IV has 4K video recording capability, whereas the Mark III only allows you to record um, in uh, basic HD 1080p, and you can shoot at 24 frames or 30 frames per second. Um, that is the big distinguishing bit: is the the ability to either record HD footage or 4K footage, and that was the big advancement of releasing the uh, the 5D Mark IV. 
Um, both cameras are great cameras, have great sensors in them. Um, I uh, personally own the Mark III, and I do all my photography with it, and it is probably one of my most favorite cameras I've ever had. It is durable. I've dropped it. I've gotten water on it. I've done so many things that camera, and it is still really working well. And then we purchased the Mark IV because one of the reasons why we got it is that we started looking to the 4K market. Um, we haven't had clients request it yet, but we didn't want to go and spend uh, tens of thousands of dollars on a red Phantom or something like that. So we wanted to buy something that would allow us to enter the market a little bit, test it, look at the workflow. And we now shoot 4K footage on a regular basis using the Mark IV on our stabilizers and end up editing in HD because we have more screen real estate to work with. Mm. Okay. And so they're, they are both, both good complements. A couple other differences that we found is that the Mark IV um, has a, a dual pixel capture op- opportunity. So it will focus on the fly um, when you're in video mode so that it will pick and you can actually set how that video camera mode focuses while you're shooting video. It also has a dual pixel mode where it's recording more uh, imagery inside a raw photo file that you have more to edit. It has a touchscreen capability on the display on the back so you can touch and move through the menu where the Mark III does not. But outside of that, that's really it. Um, and they both have time-lapse capability, so you can set it up and record time-lapse at 720p. So you can do a beautiful time-lapse. You can control it. But they're both the same size, and but great cameras. But the difference is the Mark IV. I, I'm going to let Mark talk a little bit real quick because he spends more time with the Mark IV on the video side. What, what have you noticed the difference between the two cameras when we shot for both of them? Well, you pretty much covered everything. There's a few little nuances they added. And, you know, the, the Mark IV has more functionality when it comes to time lapses. Uh, the, the touch screen's really nifty. I use it quite a bit. But like you said, the, the biggest difference is it can shoot 4K. And for all of you hardcore videographers out there, you know, there is a crop factor with the Mark IV, meaning whatever lens you're using, it's going to shoot a cropped version of whatever that lens should shoot. But uh, it's basically a Mark III with 4K capabilities and a few more little bells and whistles added on there. I love it. Uh, And if you take it on a shoot and you are going to shoot 4K with it, know that you better bring a lot of cards with you because the cards fill up fast. (laughs) Yes, they do. Yes. And it it is true. I mean, if we record a 30-minute interview – with that Mark IV in full 4K, we have to flip the 64 gig card at the end of it. Wow. I mean, it's it, it's a lot of media. It has the 4K imagery in that has changed our hard drive workflow and media card workflow. It's, it's amazing the amount of footage um, that we are acquiring when we do that. Um, and so it really, we actually have an operational conversation. Mm-hmm. Do we really want to record this interview in 4K? Or do we want to just shoot it in HD and use the Mark IV just to record 4K B-roll? And the reason why is because we B-roll is so much more important to us, the, the footage. 
that we want more screen real estate to zoom in and zoom out to get the right shot um, when we're acquiring that footage and the interview can stay at um, 1080p, if that makes sense. Uh, So that's a big workflow conversation that we have. I guess then looking at that, you know, 4K versus otherwise and some of the features and things like that. What about from a hardware perspective feature? Are they physically the same size? Do they take the same? I mean, they obviously have the same lenses, but uh, what about, you know, um, uh, other other pieces of hardware that you may attach to it or use alongside of it? It's exactly the same camera body, um, pretty much. It's the same form factor. Not much has changed except for the internal upgrade on the sensor. Um, and then the... Uh, display on the screen. Um, One thing that for the professional people that is a huge issue that we talk about is the crop factor. Um, And it is merely by real estate is if you're going to put more stuff into the image, you need more space. And so the internal pieces are just not made in a way to allow a 4K image to go full frame. And so when you shoot 1080p, you are actually recording at the full frame of that camera. Whereas when you go to 4K and you put a 35 millimeter lens on it, it's actually the crop factor puts pushes it close up to about a 47 to 50 millimeter lens. So you see a distinct difference when you flip to 4K with, uh, with a lens on it. You'll notice a, a huge crop in it. And so you have to be mindful of that when picking the lenses that you want to record B-roll on when you're shooting. If you're putting a wide angle lens on it that you think is 16 millimeter, it's actually pushing closer up to 25 to 27 millimeters, maybe even. So you have to think through it. So there, the 4k comes with a nuance. That's why you hear a lot of people going to bigger 4k cameras just so they can leverage the whole sensor uh, with their lenses. And for some people, the crop factor really is a big issue. Uh, for me and Bobby personally, though, we really don't mind doing the math and making the lenses work the way we want them to. I mean, the the 5D serves us so well, it's not really an issue for us. But for some people, they, the crop sensor thing does bother them. Yeah. The other thing that's really um, that people don't talk about much is if you're going to use these two cameras to record video, specifically video interviews, um, you've got to be prepared for a couple of things. Number one is um, you have to know that it's going to stop recording at 20, roughly when it gets up to a certain around 29 minutes. And so there's a couple things you have to do if you're going to record an interview longer than 29 minutes. One is don't use battery power. You can purchase a, um, a power supply that looks like a battery that plugs into that camera to run it off AC power. Second, you can basically fake the camera out almost up to the point when it gets to 20, 29 minutes by touching the camera, like uh, one of the buttons and reminding it that it's still going and to let it go beyond that. And you just have to monitor hard drive space. So there is a few things you have to think about. And then audio it doesn't really have a good audio system built into it. It's got a small little place to plug in a mic, but we typically 
sometimes will use a secondary audio recording device to record the interview audio, not and use the audio that records in the camera as reference to sync. Gotcha. And third would be to rethink your strategy of why you're interviewing people longer than 29 minutes. But absolutely, that's a whole other thing. That's no, I'm just I'm kidding. There may be a good reason, but no, those There's, are those are good tips. So other than the 4K piece, we're physically about the same. You're kind of doing some of the same stuff. What about price wise? And is there a reason to buy the three over the four, or do I just go buy the four at this point? Um, the four obviously is going to be priced higher because it's the top model out right in this second. You know, it's around the $3,200 mark, $3,200 to $3,400, wherever you buy it. Um, the uh, 5D Mark III is probably going to be more in the $2,200 mark. Um, now that it's the, it's been, you know, the second model that people go to. Um, if you don't care about 4K, go get the Mark III. It shoots a beautiful picture. It, it's very, it does a good job. You can even go to secondary markets like lensauthority.com that will sell you uh, used equipment that's been highly uh, rebuilt and for a margin of the price. And you could probably find a Mark III for about fifteen dollars to $1,800. And it's a great full frame camera. The other thing that both of them bring to the table that's different from the scaled down version full frame that uh, Canon has is it's got 45 focus points. For photography, that's huge. I'm constantly moving the focus point inside my lens, inside my viewfinder to decide where I want to focus, and I can do it on the fly in both cameras. So I can pick a space to focus to and then push the button to, to shoot. And that both cameras allow you to do that. They both have the 45 uh, focal points inside. Very cool. Man, lots of great information. It's a great... Uh... Uh, great thought process as new gear comes out to evaluate, you know, do you really need the newest thing? You know, can you get basically the same outcome um, with a different model uh, or even refurbished gear? So that's probably another topic for another day, but really cool stuff. Again, be sure to go back, listen to the last couple of episodes. The next few coming up will also be about pro gear. Touchpoint.health is the website. We appreciate the support. Rate, review, subscribe. Be sure to track Bobby down online, asking questions. If there's certain things you'd like to see uh, see him review or talk about, let us know that as well. So for Bobby Ratu, Mark Berry, and Reed Smith, we'll see you next week. This show is made possible in part by the Social Health Institute. Through research and partnerships with healthcare organizations around the country, the Social Health Institute explores new and innovative ways for hospitals, healthcare organizations to develop and enhance their social media and digital marketing strategy. To learn more about the Social Health Institute, visit them online at socialhealthinstitute.com. That's socialhealthinstitute.com. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.